0: Welcome into this week's edition of AWA Unleashed. We are the self proclaimed preeminent number one podcast dedicated to reliving the memories and telling the stories of the American Wrestling Association. As you can see on the screen and you hear my voice as usual, my name is Chris Tubbs. You hear me talk at the beginning, and then you know what? You also hear somebody else talk, and let's bring him in. I heard him a lot this week. You heard him this week. His name is Mick Karch, and Mick, we are going to have a fun show this week. Uh, you and I talked last week. One guy that did not talk last week, and you notice I'm doing all of the talking right now, is Joe Chupik, but he's going to talk today. There. I, have I done enough talking?
1: You've done an, Well, you know, that's what you do.
0: I yeah. talk and talk and talk and talk. That's right. Okay. Hmm. So am I going to talk some more, or should we actually talk about something that's worth talking about? I'll talk about something, else. Talk about something else. All right. Yeah. Well, enough of me talking. We are going to recap, uh, Mick, you and I had a chance to go to, uh, Waterloo at the, uh, pro wrestling hall of fame weekend. We were there for a couple of days and we're just going to kind of recap what we did, the people that we saw, the things that we, uh, the things that we, you know, we did, we, you know, had some fun people that we chit chatted with. So I just got a text from my wife that kind of came through at the same time. So, kind of distracted me, but it's going to be fun because we're going to throw some pictures and kind of just, it's going to be really, really free flowing.
1: Yep. 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 And uh, it was a good time again. So great to see the old friends, you know, Chris, that's, that's the thing about Waterloo. You go down there and it is such a camaraderie and it's so laid back and everybody schmoozing with each other and just having a good time under no pressure circumstances. And it's a it's a fun ride. If you haven't been there, folks, next year, make your plans.
2: I'm hoping I can make next year's. Couldn't do this year because of prior work commitments, mm-hmm. but uh, seeing the pictures, and uh, I, I can't wait to hear the stories that go along with them. So,
0: yeah, we'll go ahead and do that. Uh, Got to take care of some uh, businesses, they would say, first of all. I uh, want to thank 7th, uh, 7th Avenue Pizza. You see it right up there. Uh, if you're looking for, you know, food for supper, for your family, you know, just for yourself, high quality pizza. Uh, I love their Lucky 7. Again, their they're meatball and pepperoni. Uh, it is the cat's meow. 7th Avenue Pizza.com. You can find it all over the Twin Cities. If you can't, the Upper Midwest, let me know and we'll see what we can do to uh, to get you hooked up. As well, I'm going to put the uh, the screen right up on the screen. You see the logo. Uh, that is for SodaStickCO.com. That is where you can get your AWA unleash Swag, the official place to get your AWA Unleashed Swag, uh, your t-shirts, your hoodies. Now that, you know, in the next couple months, it's going to start to get cold. Hey. well, I mean, uh, dude, we're, we're in Minnesota. Like, it gets fucking cold in August.
2: That's why I don't want you to swear on this podcast and say it's going to be cold. It's still July. It's short enough. We it's got either, to embrace the warmth for now.
0: It's either fucking hot or fucking cold.
2: <laughs>
0: if you're, you're fu- fucking right. If you're fucking hot, get a fucking t-shirt. If you're fucking cold, get a fucking hoodie.
1: I'm staying out of this
0: one.
2: <laughs> you're Fuck fucking you're right. right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, en- enough with the potty mouth, guys. Uh, again, th- this is going to be really free flowing. Uh, hopefully, if you guys haven't been to uh, to Waterloo, you get a chance to go because it is. I liken it, Mick, to it. It's very casual. It's very fan friendly. You don't. Sometimes when you see people and you're intimidated to go up to them and talk to them you're it's not like that in, if if you're a fan, it's not like that. I don't feel like there's any intimidation or any reason to feel like you can't approach some of these legends. And I think that's number one, the one thing that sticks out to me as a fan right away.
1: No question about it. You know, we, and I've mentioned the other conventions and this is not to denigrate them at all. They all do their own thing, whether it's cauliflower alley club or maybe a pro wrestling hall of fame or whatever. Um, but Waterloo is, just as you said, it's very, very laid back. Uh, if you don't catch somebody in an autograph signing, you might catch them at the banquet. You might catch them out in the hallway, in the lobby, at the hotel bar or whatever. At the bar, uh, yep. At the bar. And they are always so uh, gracious and so generous with their time. And I think the wrestlers feel it. The fans feel it. And you don't get that that pressure. Get out of here. Here's your autograph. Give me 20 bucks. And on your way um it's a great great experience for people and it's a real wrestling hall of fame let's not forget that that's the bottom line you know there's a lot of hall of fames out there uh but this is legitimately the real deal and it's always so great going down
2: there you're making me feel even worse for not being able to get down there god it sounds like you guys had some fun so I- let's get into it. I mean, tell me some of the things besides the autographs and the laid-back thing. So what exactly did happen with you guys? Chris, you go ahead.
0: Well, we went down there, and you, you know, we had the podcast collective we were a part of. But, you know, outside of that, it was just, it was getting a chance to just catch up with a lot of friends. You know, last year, for me, it was a lot of, you know, I have to take pictures. I want to document everything. I I want to, you know, get my picture with this person and this person and do this. And it's like, Hey, I, you know, look at me doing all these things this year, when I went down and and Mick, you know, as we were talking on the way back, you kind of, you made a pretty good analogy that it's like a Christmas present. I opened it up last year and this year I know what the toy is and I know how to play with it. Like I, I knew I kind of knew the idiosyncrasies and kind of how things work. So I was able to just be more conversational with people. And I was able to catch up with friends that I met last year. Uh, So it was, it it was just kind of adding on to last year, just with, you know, running into people at casual times, whether, yeah, you said at the bar, at the restaurant, or just walking around. You see just people that you recognize and you're not afraid to talk to just people that you're like, even if you don't know, and you've recognized there's such a camaraderie with, with people. And I think that's why for me, I didn't document as much, but I feel like I had just as much fun.
1: Here's what I would say to you. And I'm, I'm going to kind of embarrass you here. Um, You're you're a pretty humble guy and in, in some cases, you know, where you've said, you know, hey, Mick, you know, you're my lead in, you know, I got to follow. I'm not <laughs> sure, I, You know, the, the you're my gravy
0: train. Well, I say you're my gravy train with the biscuit wheels. You are.
1: <laughs> but you know what? You're you're a part of it. You're a, you're an established part of it. Um, people trust you. Am I over? No, I mean, not seriously, not only on a on a, a personal level, but on a professional level. Uh, because you carry yourself as a pro, whether it's at the uh, at the podcast collective or when you're talking to the, to the guys or whatever. So, you know, don't diminish, you know, your your involvement in this. And I think, you know, as I said, from one year to the next and then it'll be like that going on and on. You'll start to feel a comfort level like it's it's just second nature. Mm-hmm. So uh, anybody who f- might feel intimidated uh, by approaching some of these wrestlers, especially the legends, uh, don't under these circumstances. And I'm not saying you, you, know, you drive them crazy and you know sit them down for a half an hour. Although Rock Riddle might do that to you, uh, <laughs> That's I would. I, I, this is this is a great time for everybody. And as far as we're concerned, we're treated like gold every time we go down there, and yeah. so much appreciated. So lots to talk about, and uh, a very very good time
2: i got nothing. I wasn't there, but I will have to say I agree with what Mick said on the professionalism. But I have to expand on that and say it's making me feel really uncomfortable because we're being nice to each other. What the hell is wrong with us?
1: No, we're not. Because we know that at some point the camera turns off, (laughs) and then everything will go back to
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hi, Mick. Oh, wait. The... Yep. <laughs> oh. hey, I, I heard you enough. I heard you enough this week and I hear your voice in my sleep. Oh. I'm good right now. I'm kidding. Uh oh, a, So well, I feel like I, I thought i just put him over. You did. Don't <laughs> you ever put me put put over. The oh,
2: fuck. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> So, hey, let, <laughs> let's see some of the picks you guys had from this weekend. I want let, to let's share them with the fans,
0: man. If I can only tell people how many times you ask me for picks in a day, uh, but I guess the first thing we're gonna do is oh my god, uh, I know one of the things that we saw last year that I saw for the first time that unfortunately is not gonna be there anymore is our friend Chris Owens and the Andre the Giant exhibit. Now, he could it, for those that don't know. Chris Owens is the foremost expert in Andre the Giant. And if there's anybody that knows anything, and I mean, he's, you know, knows, you know, he's talked with the family, uh, like what Jackie and, and Frenchie, uh, you know, down in uh, North Carolina, like Chris has uh, mementos and artifacts oh, that yeah. nobody else has. And, and it is astonishing We're going to start with that, but it it is astonishing to see that kind of stuff. You don't get that at your, your, I don't want to say mainstream events, but you get it where you get it here in Waterloo.
1: First of all, Chris Owens as a person is just a great guy. I mean, he is, he's so approachable. He told us some Andre stories that, you know, probably, you know, aren't for publication necessarily, but, um to get to know Andre on a personal level. I think that's, that's what Chris offers. If you get out, get uh, with him one-on-one, but honest to God, you look at some of that memorabilia and, and Chris, you and I were just astounded by some of the stuff that he has. And again, this is just, it's not even the tip of the iceberg. Uh, it's just, it's, it's phenomenal. Chris, go ahead. and Describe this one.
0: Yeah. I was going to say that this is, this is Chris in the middle uh, my buddy Ryan, who was there and, and was an extra helping hand for us this weekend, and then you and then Chris and then uh, and then myself. And it it was just, it's so cool to have somebody like him come up to us and say, hey, can I get a picture? And I, I, to me, I'm thinking, let me get a picture with you because here's a guy that he's, he's so well known in terms of the Andre the Giant information. That, I mean, he was on WWE Most Treasure, uh, like Most Wanted Treasures, that show that yeah. had my my buddy AJ Francis, aka Top Dollar, who is an absolute bang up guy himself. But to have him come out and say, "Hey, I want a picture with you guys," I think that really that shows you the sort of of guy that he is. And and one of the uh, things that I'm going to bring up here, Mick, uh, it's going to take me a bit because I'm going to find it, but. Is one of the uh, you could see how you relate to yourself, and and, you know, Andre the Giant. Here is a picture of Andre the Giant's hand, and my hand is on top of that. Look how small! And I don't think I've got a small hand. His hand it, it it pales in comparison, and that's just one of the things that you get an opportunity to do and you're not rushed like right. you get a chance to to really take it in and just see how close you can get to to some of these legends so I, I mean i guess i just don't know how to put it other than that
1: what i would say is nothing is exaggerated here nothing is photoshopped nothing you know, there's no that, hype was that was you real that was real standing there yeah you, you you're putting your hand in in a print of andre the giant's hand actual size to scale and it's like a, a three-year-old kid putting on a first baseman's glove. I mean, yeah. it, it really is just extraordinary. And he, there were some other examples, you know, the Andre the Giant life-size posters and what have you.
0: But I came he, up to I came up to his armpit.
1: Oh, it, it's just amazing. And Chris, we were talking with Chris Owens about this. Can you imagine? You know, you. you you think about all the glamour and the glitz around Andre the Giant and his worldwide fame and acclaim, but when you're that big, and you don't have a normal life, yeah. And I mean seriously, you can't get you can't hail a taxi cab. You know, you need to get two seats on an airplane. You need to get you know extra room in the bed in the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a downside to that, which is why Andre a lot of times just wanted to go to his farm. And be away from it all and do a little farming, get on the tractor, uh, yeah. listen to the birds in the morning, and uh, quite a story. So
0: I uh, think Chris humanized, he humanized Andre. No he made him He made up Andre, you know, Rusimov, the, the person, not Andre the giant, the performer. And you, you saw Andre as the individual. Yeah. Well, have you, have, oh, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry.
2: Well, look, Chris, I was going to say, if I'm not mistaken, at the beginning of this uh, little Andre piece, you said that they're not going to have an Andre display now next year?
0: Yeah, I, I think, Chris, from my understanding, this was the last year that he was going to do it. I don't know if he's going to do something else, or I, I know he's been doing it for a while. I mean, I'd probably have to check in with him, or you know, if he's you know watching the show, I'm sure he'll probably chime in and, and let us know, but to my knowledge, uh, I think he was going to, I'm sure it's a lot of work and a lot of oh. effort to take everything with you. Sure it is. You know,
1: he, he's a one man operation. You know, he's not a company bringing down this Andre, the giant memorabilia, not only the hauling and the storage of it, but just how priceless this stuff is. You've got to be damn sure it's in your sight all the time. So uh, again, thanks to Chris. Do you happen to have a picture of uh, you standing by, uh, by Andre? I I
0: don't know. I I had Ah. it in, I had it in my phone and I I didn't give it to, uh, to Joe to resize
1: Okay, but, so, it's, no, but it's amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah it, it is. I, I'm looking up and literally I'm like at his armpit. He's got his arms folded and I I swear, you know, he could just put me right, uh, right underneath there. So I think we might have lost Joe for a little bit. But, you know, another thing here that I really want to talk about is our friend Joyce Paustian, who oh. she right now, she had a book that she was selling at the... Uh, I, down there, and we had a chance to, I mean, obviously talk with her and whatnot, but she's got a brand new book, and I feel we would re- be remiss if we did not tell everybody about it.
1: Remiss isn't even the word for it. You know, when we had Joyce on the show, she was talking uh, behind the scenes about putting the book out. Uh, there was not a lot of open conversation about it, but I will tell you it is a fantastic Book. There's Joyce. Uh, the book is 330 pages, folks. Of her stories and memories and pictures. There's another shot Chris has. It, I right? bought. M-
0: I bought mine. I bought mine. I even. Uh, I even got it personalized by Joyce. Oh. So thank you, Joycey. We love you.
1: Uh it. You know, if you're an AWA fan, going back to the 1970s and moving on forward, some of the pictures in here are just going to blow you away. Uh, Joyce is not only a grade A person on an individual level. She is so passionate about this business. I can't begin to tell you. I've known Joyce for 50 years, Mm -hmm. and legitimately, uh, since she was a teenager. And she loves wrestling, I mean, to a fault. She is a phenomenal photographer. She not only shoots for the Waterloo Hall of Fame, but also Cauliflower Alley Club. She's trusted, she's respected, and this book is just amazing. Detailing her stories as a teenager, as a fan, and then becoming accepted by the wrestlers. And it's so definitive when she puts a picture up, she tells you the city and the year, and she's right on top. Of it. And it, it, it's just amazing. I can't say enough good things about it. It became my instantly my favorite yeah.
0: If you're going to want a book about the AWA As we would say This is the preeminent book That you want If you want to know about the AWA The pictures, the stories, everything together Get it right there Get it right there
1: Where can we buy it? Do we know? Uh, I I know it's sold online And uh, I'm going to actually On the Slick Make page And of course we'll do the Unleashed page as well uh, We'll have a link and uh, you know soon and people can get right on there and order the book and I'm telling you you will not regret it it
0: is superb
1: you know what, and and and
0: maybe if if people have questions about the book i know we're going to have her on you know sometime in the near future yep. maybe people can ask us questions and maybe she can answer them on the podcast if people have questions about the books you we yep. can kind I, of this get or... her on
1: sooner than later you know as say okay. strike widely iron is hot well, I okay. hope this iron is hot for a long time, and uh, and Joyce is so congenial. What a friend, what a lady, and uh, you can't go wrong with this one.
0: Yeah, she's super cool, people. She is super cool, people. Uh, I, I do have to say, this year I don't know what was going on with the trivia. Oh, but I'm going to call shenanigans. Calling shenanigans right now.
1: The fix was in. There's no question about it. Uh, apparently, we ruffled some feathers. Uh, maybe I don't know if it was who was involved in, in putting the trivia together, but maybe we we poked the bear a couple of times too much. I think
0: we did. I think we did. Uh,
1: you know, maybe you know, like Bobby Heenan used to take shots at Wally Carbo and eventually he had a fate worse than death waiting for him. <laughs> um, I think our fate worse than death was the fact that they had, I think, a total of one one out of maybe forty or fifty questions that even was related to the AWA. Oh and, yeah. And that question itself was a picture of the Crusher statue. And the question was, what city is this located in? Well, damn it, it's South Milwaukee. I'm telling you it's South Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, but uh, they would, yeah, they would accept Milwaukee. Okay. You got a fine line there, but I'm telling you when push comes to shove and it's down to the brass tax, what's the dividing line? What's the, the game changer here? The flip of the coin is if you say south milwaukee
0: you might as well just say wisconsin let's just broaden it north america
1: you know you i know. mean it's, it's earth
0: different. earth you know yeah it's just absurd
1: but nonetheless uh i no, i, I think
0: they they also they also went over like you know they're like oh well we're gonna have to cut uh, you know cut around well those were the those were the ones that had like i mean those those were our wheelhouse they're like well we're, we're gonna cut this one but then we're gonna go in it
1: like, i, I they, they cut a the board. ones we knew yeah, yeah, yeah. I have it on good authority that that round uh, did have the AWA questions on it, and uh, for some reason they decided to uh, to trim it right there, leave it on the cutting room floor, as they say. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, last year we we finished uh, in a tie. We have to we have to clarify that Tim Polkrebeck insisted that it was a tie for second place last. Who got
0: year. the gift bag? Who got the gift bag?
1: Exactly. You know, he who and-
0: holds the gift bag holds the title.
1: And if somebody else held the gift bag, they wouldn't by the time they got out of the lobby. I'll tell you that, the way we were feeling that night. But uh, this year, I think we finished fifth or sixth or seventh or something out of out
0: of. Uh, keep going. That was a little too Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll find us somewhere. Scroll down. Uh, but nonetheless, trivia is such a great time. And, it is. Uh, you know, it was very interesting. And I don't think we're speaking out of turn here. There was a little uh, little scare, a little glitch uh, during the, the trivia, yeah, uh, which actually uh, uh, kind of held things up a little bit, and that was our friend Jerry Briscoe uh, was suddenly taken ill. Uh, during the trivia contest, Jerry was in the, the back of the hotel bar there, and he uh, was suffering from a little dehydration. And uh, they had to take Jerry uh, to the local hospital. He's great. He was back the next day. He looked terrific. But it was a little scare. And yeah. uh, kind of threw us off our game a little bit. So, you know, maybe we can even blame Jerry for our uh, fifth or sixth place finish. But uh, I, I noticed you
0: didn't you didn't blame him when we saw him on Saturday morning because we were I mean, we were talking to him and we, you know, you didn't blame no. him then. You'll blame him on the podcast. You just won't say anything to him to his face.
1: Uh, I believe the word is chicken shit. Uh, <laughs> and I uh, You know, some, something along those lines. Uh, But uh, Jerry Briscoe, what a trooper. You talk about guys that you love seeing at these events. Jerry Briscoe is a warrior and the nicest, most down-to-earth guy you would ever want to be. So besides the fact or aside from the fact that we got screwed on the trivia, it was great to participate. It was great fun. Joyce and Woody, of course, part of our team and Ryan part of the team. Ryan bailed us out. On a couple of questions as well. So yeah, but he uh,
0: fucked up too. Let's not. Uh, let's just. Let's just call it what it is. I mean, he he buried well, he, us too. I
1: can't. I can't
0: trust him. I can't trust him anymore.
1: Well, he's he's, he's your buddy, you know. And and uh, you know, I'll I'll let you handle that part of it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, next year we're telling yeah. you we're coming back for that gift bag. And if you happen to finish ahead of us, we're going on record right now. We're like a politician. We're going to say we want to anyway. So be aware of it going into.
0: We're, it. we're claiming fraud right now. That's exactly we're right. We're claiming shenanigans right now. There we are. So yeah. moving right along, What what's next on the agenda here, Chris? Wow. Uh, well, uh, I think, um, to, 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 oh, you were talking about uh, Jerry Briscoe and uh, Jerry, Jerry and Wes.
1: You know, and let's talk about all the other big name guys we saw there this year. Uh, Jerry is a mainstay there. Uh, but JBL, who appears to be Jerry Briscoe's right-hand guy, uh, he was there as well. Uh, so many great stars. And there's Wes Briscoe. Uh, Wes, the son of Jerry Briscoe. And Wes had a fantastic match on the Impact Wrestling card. Uh, he, he looks to be in the greatest shape I've ever seen him. I've been watching Wes, uh, Wes wrestle for several years now and i'm telling you this guy is cut and he is so damn good he doesn't belong in an aces and eights faction in professional wrestling he deserves to be spotlighted out there and uh, just a gifted athlete and it's always great to see wes and i know he loves jerry his dad and vice versa their camaraderie just jumps out at you i
2: just got two cents for that i love seeing second generation showing up but not only just the second generation showing up but both generations yes. showing up yeah. together just absolutely love that yeah
0: yeah it, it was it, it is kind of cool joe I, I think that's a really good point to just say that hey you know we, we do have this lineage because one thing that's stands out to me about you know, everything in, in Waterloo is just a history, right? It's not just about the here and now yep. you can't talk about the second generation without having the first generation. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, I think that's what makes it so incredibly awesome that it is a, a tight knit, a tight knit community. But uh, I mean, Joe, those, those were not the only individuals that were there. I mean, there were, you know, Bill Eady who was, uh, you know, demolition acts and, uh, what, what, what other gimmicks did he have? Mass superstar. He was also one of the Mongols.
1: And as you saw, Chris, you were kind of amazed by it. I had a, uh, I showed you a photograph of Bill Eadie early on in his career where he wrestled, uh, in Japan, I believe as Billy Crusher. And uh Bill is just a great guy. Barry Darso, unfortunately, could not make it. Uh he had some eye surgery mm-hmm. that they had to go in, I believe, and redo because it didn't quite take the first time. But Barry's doing well. And Bill Edie uh it, to me, legendary in pro wrestling. So approachable. What a great guy. The list is endless as to who was there. We're gonna save we're gonna save that big superstar, that Academy Award guy, uh, for towards the very end. But uh, we had Haku was there, of course. And I mentioned JBL. And, of course, Rock Riddle. And, and the keep going, Chris. You, you, you've got the names there.
0: Uh, I do. And uh, you'd mention uh, Bill DeMott was there. Les Thatcher was there. Uh, I'm looking for the uh, picture here. I'm just looking right here. Come on. Where is it? I've got a bunch of these pictures that are. Okay, there's there's one of them here. Of course, you know, Haku with the legendary promoter, Herb Simmons.
1: Hope Simmons is a promoter for Southern Illinois Championship yep. Wrestling, longtime friend of Haku. And as far as Haku is concerned, again, you look at this guy, and it is legendary how tough he is. I'm serious. I there, there there's no description. How tough Haku is. Yet outside the ring, when you approach the guy, when you talk to him one-on-one, as nice a guy as you're ever going to want to meet in wrestling, there's a shot of the, uh, of the three of us with Haku. And it was interesting, Chris, you were thanking Haku, who, who was an award winner and year, mm-hmm. for his contributions to wrestling. And I heard him say to you, if it wasn't for you fans, we wouldn't be here. So yeah. so humble. Uh, it's extraordinary.
0: Well, I, I think to, to me, when I'm there, the one thing I want to do is thank them, because they provide and I told you that this to you on the the drive back, they gave me hours of entertainment and hours of joy. Why would I not thank them for doing their job that I enjoy watching? i I, I feel like if you just go up there, and you start asking about, you know, certain matches or, you know, certain gimmick things like that. I, I feel like you're missing the boat and showing them that you appreciate them as the individual. And to me, that's one thing that I always wanted to convey. I always wanted to convey my, my thanks and my gratitude to them.
1: At the end of the day, they're all human beings. They go home yeah. to a wife and kids, what have you. And You know, as you said, if you go up to some guy and you're, you know, you're being herded in and out like cattle in an autograph line and you say, hey, I remember when you and Ted DiBiase, it's background noise. It's white noise to them because they hear that over and over and over again. But when they hear the words, thank you. When they hear you've meant so much to me, I followed you from the time that I was a kid. Uh, Thank you for your efforts and your career. Boom! The mm-hmm. light goes on, and they pay very close attention, and they really, really appreciate it. No question.
0: And, and and by the way, before we move on here, I just have to say, in in that shot, I was like a, a, a like a puffer fish. I wanted to blow out my belly because I wanted to look tough. Because Haku's the toughest guy in the business. Uh-huh. I'm, I I was trying to be, I was trying to be tough by you know, showing my size, but it didn't work because he can well, speak my ass.
1: yeah, now that you point that out, thanks a lot. I looked at that guy on the right, and uh, I think between the two of us, the question is who's due in December and who's due in January.
2: <laughs> and,
1: uh, it, uh, but, uh, nonetheless, again, yeah. Haku, what a tremendous guy. Have we got a very special picture, Chris, of a, a crossover star uh, who was there that not only is in the in the sports world, but also the entertainment world. There he is, right there. Look at that. Now that he claimed he was not George Clooney. Uh, as a matter of fact, you went up and shook his hand, and uh, and called him George Clooney. He would not let you go. He wouldn't release the grip. No,
0: he would not. He would not release. Really, I, I went up to him. I'm like, hey. Big fan of yours, Mr. Clooney, and he took my... And all of a sudden, the grip on the hand got a little bit tighter, and I was like... And, of course, I'm looking back at Mick, and you know where Mick is? Nowhere to be found. I was heading to the
1: concession stand. Yeah, you Uh, were. Yeah, you were. I believe
0: the words chicken shit come to mind.
1: Okay, well, never mind that. But nonetheless, it's such a... a, a, You never know what you're going to (laughs) see in Waterloo. And here you got a big movie star (laughs) like George Clooney, who somehow, I don't know if he had hit his head. What happened? He stumbled into... (laughs) a professional wrestling hall of fame convention. Uh, George has just been notified. As you see that picture, (laughs) George, you're in the wrong place. And I believe he boarded the next plane for Hollywood, but uh, for the fans that were there in attendance, that's all the people need to know. Uh, He was, uh, he was there front and center and, and signing autographs. And how's your hand today, Chris? How's the, uh, how's the knuckles? How's the tendons? It's
0: still, uh, yeah, it's, I'm still having a problem with it. I I haven't been able to enjoy my weekend because my hand is deformed.
2: Well, because I can't grab my drinks. The amazing thing about George Clooney, the older he gets, he looks more like Brad Pitt to me than George. Well, you know, there is
1: that there, there has been that controversy, you know, that perhaps, well, it's a doppelganger, uh, for Brad Pitt. And no matter how you slice it, certainly the best looking man out there, but, uh, in all seriousness, our friend the Baron, uh, he managed at some point to put the claw on one of the uh, managers on the independent wrestling scene uh, that evening. One of the heel managers,
0: the Captain, who I love.
1: Oh, great, great guy, the Captain. Super and, dude,
0: uh, super the dude.
1: Probably has a little bit of a headache this morning from that uh, that vice-like grip of uh, of the Baron. But remember, not George Clooney.
0: Remember that. It, and if, you, yeah, and if next time I go up to him, I'm going to make sure I'm like at least five feet away because I, yeah, I, I don't want that again. My hand might not even be better by the time we get around to it next year. Who knows? I, I, want,
1: to talk, I want to talk about a guy that you met for the first time. Yes. And uh, he also was an inductee from the, the journalistic standpoint, the literary standpoint. And that's our friend Tom Burke. Uh, Tom Burke, there is, first of all, there is no explanation or description for the wrestling collection that this guy has in his home in Massachusetts. Um, Tom Burke was, uh, he's been around this business for 60 plus years. Before that, he was a a member of our armed services. He's very proud of that. Uh, Tom Burke was finally recognized for all his dedication, and his contributions from a historical standpoint to pro wrestling. If you want a question about wrestling, ask. Spot on. No variation, no deviation. Tom Burke is the guy. And the thing of it is, he's so humble. He is absolutely one of the nicest guys you would ever want to meet. Uh, Tom, for many, many years, had a uh, wrestling uh, fan club page in the Ring Wrestling Magazine, uh, as a historian, as a writer, and just as a man. I don't think there's anybody more respected anywhere than Tom Burke. And Chris, I was very glad that I had a chance to introduce the two of you.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to talk to him a whole lot because, I mean, being an award winner, like his focus was was all over. But he was kind of like the theme of the show here today. is very approachable very humble and just willing to talk. And, and I would like to sometime like get him on and just pick his brain and, and hear his stories. Uh, oh. if, and I think you would talk to him, Mick, and, and he said that he's, he's willing to do it. It's, we just need to, to line everything up.
1: Absolutely. He's all over it. And, you know, before we go on to our next topic, I want to clarify something. Uh Tom Burke, claimed that at some point several years back at cauliflower alley club maybe about three four o'clock in the morning i was stumbling down the hall uh of the hotel uh perhaps it was the uh the the plaza i'm not quite sure where it was um saying chanting awa awa and i'm going on record as to say thomas full of shit. it was five o'clock in the morning it was not (laughs) four o'clock in the morning and uh I, I wasn't shouting, I was just mumbling awa, A-W-A. So let, let's get that straight for the record. Find the once and for all.
2: Were you up until four o'clock in the morning? Or I have no
1: idea. Uh, how the hell do I know? <laughs> uh, I don't
2: know. Well, by your answer, <laughs> you were still up, not just waking up.
1: Well, might have been. I I, I don't. Know.
2: It's like you Chupik, at the Croatian
1: hall, for God's sake. You don't remember 10 minutes ago. What you were doing, <laughs> or what bar stool you were
2: at? I've never been to the Croatian Hall. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard good things about it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh my God. What's next, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the main reason that we—well, not the main reason, but one of the reasons we go down there is to do the Podcast Collective. Yeah. Which is—it's it, kind of a roundtable of podcasters. Uh, we got asked to go down there again this year, and of course, we will. You know definitely jump at the opportunity to interact with fans and kind of you know tell the story of you know AWA Unleashed and exactly you know being an extension of the memories and you know kind of being a a a, a mechanism, a machine, if you a vessel for the, for the AWS. So we did that, and I thought you know I, it had a little bit of a different feel than last year. I think there weren't quite as many people there in terms of podcasters. But I felt like the interest, there was more interest this year than there was last year. And I'm going to let you kind of take it away from here, Mick. And and then I'm going to bring up a couple of pictures.
1: Yeah, the audience was definitely bigger this year. Uh, There was no question the interest was there. Uh, A lot of great questions from the audience. And again, you know, you've got these podcasters up there, Joe, talking about what they do, how their show plays out, their schedule, so on and so forth. And it really varies from podcast to podcast. Although I would say in in our case, um, the AWA certainly had its niche and we had a niche that was like no other uh, compared to the rest of the podcasts. So a lot of the questions were directed at us and it was, you know, obviously our, our pleasure to, to answer those questions. Um, you saw a brief clip there of, uh, you know, the crowd. One thing I want to say, uh, when you when you playing to Rock Riddle, and Boogie Woogie Man Jimmy Valiant, when they're in your crowd, uh, you better be on your best p's and q's, uh, because they're gonna they're they're paying attention. And there's another shot of the uh, of the podcast collective. That's Rock Riddle, uh, with microphone in hand. He's approaching us, I believe, to get to, to introduce us to the crowd. And I'm not sure Rock still may be there. A uh, microphone in hand, uh, introducing us to the crowd. And somebody's got to tell them it's all over. Um, but but nonetheless, it was uh, just a great experience. Uh, great to be there. Our friend Greg Oliver uh, up in Canada, great uh, great journalist, was there as well. And I know we got a picture of a guy coming up uh, pretty quick here. Oh, and there you go right there. That's our friend David Salcho, And he is with... Les Thatcher and Chris I know you asked me a couple of times please introduce you to Les uh, which I did and Les interacted with us uh, and asked a lot of questions and we're going to talk or I will more about Les Thatcher uh, the man in just a minute but talk about your experience just meeting Les for the first time.
0: Yeah, you know, there are very few people that when we go there, because I, I do joke, Mick, that, you know, you're, you're my gravy train. But the reality is, you know, and you're putting me over. You've been in this business for many years. You have the respect of a ton of people within the business. We didn't even get... Joe, I'm telling you, I didn't even get the car park. We pulled up in front of the hotel. And I shit you not. Uh We had people that were outside. Mick didn't even... He didn't even get out of the car, and people were like, "Oh my God, that's Mick Karch." Wait, people turn around. Well,
2: because he owes them
0: money.
1: Boy, you could just rain on the brightest
0: sunny day.
2: I I. hey, without rain, you don't get flowers.
0: Hey, you know what? I'm gonna hey, Joe. Check i the I... mute Joe no. No, yeah. no, 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 no.
2: I'm uh. <laughs> Are you gonna
0: quote him on that? No, I'm uh, I'm gonna put something up here.
1: Um, oh! Hey, right, let's let's just lose it.
2: This- <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey! <laughs> so yes, back back to Mick. Uh,
0: so 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 yeah, back to yeah back to Mick. The, Mick knows pretty much everybody, and everybody mo- knows Mick, and everybody loves Mick. But when there are certain people that I feel are on another level and Les Thatcher is one of those, there are certain people that have this certain level of of notoriety and I feel really deserve the respect and the admiration. And and to me, Les Thatcher was one of those. And, and throughout the course of the week, I'm like, I I talked to him a couple of times, but I didn't, I, I mean, he's just one of those guys, not that I was afraid to approach, but it just, I knew I knew who he was and the legend that he was and the history, you know, that he's had. So I was so glad that I had a chance to to meet him, Mick, and that you, you know, have been so gracious in lending, you know, your name to, uh, to, you know, helping me network down there. So in that respect, I mean, absolutely 100% uh, a class act right there.
1: There's a shot of you and Les together, and I tell you, I don't know, Les, I believe, is about 80 years old, give or take.
0: He looks so good.
1: Oh, my God. And, you know, to this day, you know, you go to a wrestling mat with Les Thatcher, and you're going to wind up, you know, like a bungee cord into a pretzel into a flying, you know, paper airplane, uh, you know, before a minute has gone by. Um, Yeah. On a personal level, uh, Les Thatcher to me is inside the business he's so respected. And so well known and so appreciated to old school wrestling fans. I think it's the same thing to the modern day wrestling fan. They might not have the appreciation for Les Thatcher. The man has done it all uh, as a wrestler, uh, going way back to the nineteen sixties. He's been a commentator on on uh, wrestling television. Mm-hmm. He's promoted. He has trained, he's done everything. And if you have been fortunate enough to have been trained or brought into this business by Les Thatcher, you are blessed. And I'm telling you, probably on and off over the course of the couple of days we were there, I might've had a half hour, 45 minutes, just one-on-one with Les. It's a learning tree, it's a master class. Uh, you listen and, and he listens to you, which is great. Yeah. And when we were at the podcast collective, again, he had questions for us. We had questions for him and it was a great back and forth, great interaction. And what I, and,
0: um, I was going to say, yeah. what I liked about when last you know, to bring it back to the podcast collective, he was asking questions about being a guest on a podcast and, you know, kind of putting it together. And I, I like that he asked our opinion And, you know, we were able to have that interaction with him in terms of, you know, explaining, you know, if you're going to be a guest on a podcast, there are certain things that you want to look for to make sure that it's not wasting your time or being disrespectful, you know, to you as a guest. There are certain things that you have to do. And I I feel like that's one thing that we were able to do at the Podcast Collective is, is really kind of explain what our podcast is and how we do it. Because, we do like to have fun. We like to to rag on each other. But at the end of the day, we were there to promote the podcast and, you know, kind of explain what we do. There is a very serious side to the business of putting this thing together. It's it's a lot of fun in front of the camera, but there's a lot of work behind the scenes that goes into this that a lot of people don't know. And I, I wanted to explain kind of what, why we do the things that we do
1: and you know Les has been part of the podcast community uh yes. you know both you know on on both sides of the microphone and uh and i just got the sense listening to less and kind of watching his expressions that he was uh impressed with what we were saying to him and we got a commitment from less
0: it's yes. a matter
1: of scheduling but uh he is going to be on our podcast and people say What's the AWA connection? I'll tell you what the AWA connection is. First of all, he's been in and around everybody in the AWA and in one form or another for years, and it's a wrestling connection. Les Thatcher will get on this podcast and talk about pro wrestling then and now. So, you know, I can come out here as the resident senior citizen and talk about the old days and and talk about how great it was and the differences between now and then. Les Thatcher will lay it out for you, A to Z, and I am so looking
2: forward to that. Oh, I can't wait for that one. I've had the pleasure of talking with Les before, but not really in depth, more of in passing. Yeah, and so to be able to get him on this podcast, let's do it. I want to do two episodes with him. Easily, oh. we could do it.
1: Easily, great, great guy, humble, uh, congenial, super individual.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, speaking of training, he actually had a, a couple of guys that were on the uh, the Impact Pro Wrestling show, which is the the promotion that's connected with Troy Peterson and Chad Olson. Uh, talked to Travis today after the show. And, you know, kind of talking about the matches and, you know, giving our feedback, you know, our input. But that's always one of the highlights is you see, you know, James Jeffries, absolutely such a talented guy. Like you see that it was it was fun. It's fun to watch these these guys. I I mean, from year one to year two. But then you see some of the, the newbies. And what I like about the Impact Pro Wrestling show is that you've got fans that are respectful of what they're doing. If something doesn't look right or it's a little off, you don't have fans saying, oh, you fucked up, you fucked. You know what? Everybody's there. It's a very non-intimidating environment for the performers, at least. That's the way that I think about it. And I know, Mick, you and I and and Ryan were sitting there, just think there were some really, really impressive things with that show.
1: Very, very much so. And I mentioned to you, Chris, I said, this is a tight ship this is the way you run a show Match is over match comes on matches yep. over match comes on. And uh, there, there's no, uh, there's no dicking around there. And what I would say, you know, you, you mentioned James Jeffries and I've known James for a long time, fairly young guy yet in this business, but from year to year, when I go out there and I see James in action, you see not only the progression, but you see how this guy has exploded into his character Uh, He came out as, you know, the champion of the Impact Wrestling promotion. And I said to you right when he came out, charisma, it's all on it. He's got the crowd in the palm of of his hand. And so many great young talents on their show. You mentioned the captain, a great manager, great heel manager, great talker. Uh, Hall of Fame referee James Beard, probably the greatest referee of all time, period. Uh, goes down there every year. He's involved. And I mentioned to you a couple of times, Chris, as we're watching the matches, I said, look at James. Look at James Beard. Watch him in that ring.
0: Selling if, everything, yeah.
1: Yep. If you want to see a professional wrestling referee, he's the guy to look to. But nonetheless, and let's, let's not forget Tommy Wildfire Rich. Yes, wildfire, not yeah. Only, not only signing autographs, but an in-ring appearance. Uh, in a six-man tag match. So it was great to see Tommy Rich. Tommy's still lighting up the crowd. Uh, Impact Wrestling does a bang-up job. So, again, hats off to them. Always so great to be there and see the shows. And Colt Cabana, let's not forget Boom Boom, our good buddy, uh, w- was there. And uh, another thing that I would like to mention, I know, Chris, you were touched by this too. At the end of his match, Wes Briscoe, uh, took the microphone and kind of an impromptu, a little bit of a speech to the crowd. At the I don't think
0: this the- can be, yeah, th- this, what you're about to say cannot be, uh, it can't be overstated enough.
1: No, you know, and, and this is not a scripted promo. Uh, this is Wes Briscoe, you know, 24 hours removed from his dad, you know, being in a little bit of physical trouble. And uh, and Wes took the microphone and thanked everybody not only the fans, but also uh, the hierarchy with Impact Wrestling for bringing him back every year. It was about as heartfelt as I could ever imagine. And he kept referring to everybody as family. And you could feel it. Uh, You could feel the sincerity and it was just, it was quite a moment. I mean, I, I got pretty choked up by it. I know you and Ryan did as well. So hats off to West Briscoe hats off to impact wrestling. Always a terrific
2: job. You're really making me feel crappy for not being down there. Good. Mission accomplished. Work, you know, work prevented me from doing it, but. I gotta tell you, really, can, can it be next year already? I know, isn't yeah. that
1: something? It's uh, it's amazing, and, it, and
0: it's really, an incredible weekend. It really how is. How many friends
1: did we see, Chris? You know, uh, that we reconnected yes. with, and...
0: yeah, I, I we got a chance to reconnect with a lot of them. Some people I didn't get a chance to reconnect with or just take pictures, and I'm going to put a couple of them up here, guys. And and uh, it's a friend. Maddie Matty Malcolm. Maddie's such a good dude. Like I say this about everybody and I, I, I feel like it just kind of loses its luster. It must have been taken at
2: nighttime. What's that? Must have been taken <laughs> what? You, you you broke up a little bit there, Joe. Uh, I said the picture looked like it was take that time I saw nothing but glass. Oh,
1: oh, gotcha. gotcha. Okay, no,
2: no. The,
0: can, you, the, can, uh... you tra- can you translate for uh, Max Headroom for me, please? <laughs> <laughs> Max Headroom thank God, from the 80s. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. It's Max, it's Max Headroom. Oh, my God. Uh... But no, it's, it's uh, Matty wanted to take a picture with us outside. Uh, just so, I mean, so great. I love Matt. He... Again, I, it sounds like I'm saying the same shit over and over, but I really, I, I really don't mean to guys. I, I really, I really don't mean to say the same thing. It's, I, I just, I can't, and I'm, and I'm looking for, uh, another one here, Mick, that you took with, uh, another one of our friends, uh, who was there, but I'm going to, I might have to reload it because there was a really cool picture of you and Rusty, but I can't Find it so. Okay, I'm no. gonna. I'm gonna. No, I'm gonna bring it up. I'm gonna bring it up because I think it's cool. Oh,
1: hey, I, Joe. But uh, you know, we'll acknowledge oh. him anyway. Rusty Rex and and uh, Michael Brada and all. You know, y- you see so many people that can. Yeah. Vote and, and how are you doing, and guy? You know, has it been a year already? And you know, let's let's correspond and let's talk. You know, uh it's a great time, and I think that's what we're trying to impress on everybody: is if you haven't been down there yet. Uh, and joe you will join us next year there's no question about it uh it's such a such a great great atmosphere my friend ken jugan uh old ken who wrestled of course for years and still makes appearances as lord zoltan um it's so great to see everybody and there's a picture of my buddy rusty rex uh first of all i gotta thank rusty for spending probably oh couple grand on memorabilia over the years that he has uh, purchased for me. Uh, But I know he loves the business. He loves the old collectibles, the old magazines. And talk about a great guy down to earth, um, met him for the first time in person. And that's what it's all about. So, folks, if you can get down there, by all means do it. It's just a a great, great event. And next year, Chris, you're going to be the gravy train. I
0: don't know about that. No, no, no. no. You're the guy. And, and by the way, if if you do see us there and you see me and you want to say hi, man, just just grab me, say hi. Like I'm I'm always willing to talk to people. Like I I I'm a fan. I am just as enamored with everything as everybody else is. So next time, say hi. If if I don't say hi to you, you can slap me upside the hey you know the head and say what the hell's wrong with you. Can we do that like, anyway? Yeah, you can do it anyway. I mean,
1: you and can try. take the pictures. You know, I do not yeah, hesitate yeah. to take the pictures. Chris, you and I were talking about this. Uh, Jim Cornette loves when he's at a convention or a, a fan fest. Loves taking pictures with the fans and the guys, because damn it, you're not a mark. You are a human being, and you're saving the memories and taking a picture outside of what you got in your head. That's the only way you can stop time, even for you know one second. Uh, so take. pictures
2: one million percent agree with what you just said mick i've said for years i wish i would have had a picture well i wouldn't have taken that picture but you know everybody (laughs) deserves a little face time (laughs) yeah
0: and and, and that that kind of encapsulates right like just a fun goofy laid-back weekend where you're just having a good time with your friends and and to me that's me and my friend Mick Karch, just having a great time and representing the AWA Unleashed podcast, and just getting ready to do our thing before we hang out with our friends. And that's really what
1: If if there's a picture that exemplifies just how friendly you are, just how friendly I am, and how approachable we are, mm-hmm. look at that. Look at those smiling faces, folks. Look at those those happy go lucky guys. You know, wouldn't you feel good about approaching these guys and
0: say, "Hey, let's talk wrestling." Yes. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I would very, I would approach those guys at any time.
2: I see, I, when I see that picture, I would, I'd approach you guys as, so how did you handle your constipation? I got
1: nothing, Chris, you know, you, you put this guy over every week. <laughs> I, you
0: know, I got, I got nothing. If you're listening, there's a little bit of silence because both Mick and I are, are speechless.
1: Yeah, the the That's human me. uh human Pepto bismol Joe Tupic, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh
0: let's give a couple of shout-outs and then uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring it home. We got about three minutes here, guys. Uh let's uh let's bring it home on a, on a memory, um, an unfortunate memory that we're uh that we're gonna end it on. But Joe, why don't uh well Mick, why don't you go first?
1: Greg Oliver, uh, I mentioned Greg earlier on. Greg, one of the foremost authors, journalists in wrestling, uh, up in Canada, very, very astute wrestling fan. Man, you talk about a guy who knows the business inside and out. You know, might have wanted to rate Bret Hart a little bit higher on the on the all-time Canadian wrestling. Oh, I
0: heard. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll we'll have to somehow. Yeah, talk, yeah. We'll talk, talk about, about that for, off of, off the
1: board. Yeah. But uh, Greg Oliver is a great guy, longtime friend, and Greg, we really appreciate everything you do. Always great to
2: see you.
1: That, I I couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) (laughs) you're uh buffering a little bit joe but according to what i think i heard you said (laughs)
2: yeah Yeah.
1: yep you gave the shout out to about 32 martians and uh that's that's great
2: you know damn technology i'll wrap it up quick mercy Ah. derusha oh
0: Oh my god, that was so awesome. And uh, I, I, just, I was just laughing so hard at Joey. for put I forget to put the scroll up. Uh I want to go with uh Gloria um with the uh, with the hall of fame. She is absolutely awesome. I uh, know that she had uh, stopped and introduced herself to uh to me. She stopped to talk to you, Mick, uh listens to the podcast, a fan of it, and it was just so cool to uh to see her this weekend and and Really uh, play investigative reporter for her. Uh, Ryan and I did with a couple of autographs that we were unable to identify on a uh, on a you know WWF Intercontinental Championship, but I think we got it. And uh, but yeah, it was it was great. Gloria, you're awesome, and it was so great to meet you. I'm hoping that we can uh, we can catch up again. So We got about a minute left here, guys. Uh, Joe, you got. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Mick, I know that uh, we're going to... Whoa. Okay. That is uncalled for. Yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up.
1: You know, it's, it, it's kind of a somber day. Um, 52 years ago, as we are taping this broadcast, uh, Hercules Cortez, uh, one of the all-time greats in pro wrestling, and at the time, one half of the AWA World Tag Team Champions, along with Red Bastine, uh, Hercules was driving back from uh, Winnipeg, uh, where he had a match the night prior. Uh, he was going to wrestle Nick Bockwinkel the next night at the Minneapolis Auditorium. And uh, unfortunately, Hercules and uh, Red Bastine uh, were involved in a terrible car accident. And uh, Hercules, unfortunately, lost his life uh in that accident it was july 24th 23rd going into the 24th on 1971 but certainly legendary hercules cortez uh his real name was alfonso chicharro and uh worldwide acclaim one of the biggest toughest guys in the business so rest in peace thanks for the memories hercules cortez